three, two, one. Wayne's World, Wayne's World, party Woo! on, Garth, party, party on. on, Wayne, yes, welcome to the Friday edition of the Dennis and Andy Show, once again, shout out to my daughter Courtney for that awesome intro video she made for us, she did charge us though, so it's not like we got out scot-free, excuse me as I brush back my mane, I should really put this in a pony, oh man, dude, look how good I look when it's pulled back. You mean, how, look how good you look with hair? I look good with bangs. <laughs> you know, you really do kind of look like Garth if you got rid of the gray. Yeah, man. Wayne's World. Wayne's World. Woo! I think Dana Carvey's going to be calling you up for infringement now. Church lady. The church lady. Isn't that special? Isn't, church lady was isn't that special, yeah. right? Isn't that special? Talking about the devil. Let's talk about the devil and all the dirty deeds. Done dirt cheap. ACDC reference. It is. I, I caught that right away. Yeah. I like that. You were a metalhead back in the day. Still am. Still, Still am. Metalhead. It's just not nearly as popular. But yes, during the heyday, I definitely was. I don't know how women do this. Yeah. We've got a really packed show today. Um, hopefully, all of you, spoilers alert, we are going over WandaVision. And yes, you can't talk about it now without spoilers. So if you need to, pause, go watch it, and then come back in and rewatch it. That's right. <laughs> pause it. We, there will be spoilers because yes. we're talking spoilers. Spoilers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So Wandavision. This episode starts, and it looks like a little uh, Modern Family riff on the opening, which I enjoyed. Totally was awesome. It was. She played Elizabeth Olsen, was Julie Bowen's character to a T, her mannerisms, everything. It was so right there. They break the fourth wall, hence the title of the episode. And she just nailed it. Her mannerisms, Wait, everything what was the title that of she did. Breaking the fourth wall. Oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. It was really good. I don't pay attention to things like titles. Yeah, and details and, and stuff. Just watch the show. As long as it's got pictures, it's good. That's right. <laughs> if there were, if there were uh, captions, I'd be screwed. But yeah. that Modern Family take it was, was just awesome. And they do it all the way through the show. The kids, you know, when the kids were sitting down there playing, she's laying in bed. All of the way the camera angles, I mean, they oh, they just, just perfect. Well, I loved it too when she kicked the covers back and she still had her costume on. I yeah. thought that was awesome. Yeah. I don't know why. I I mean, I I don't know what I expected, like you know, pajamas or whatever. But just the fact that they they pulled last episode in. Yes. Or wait, was it two episodes ago? Or no, it was two episodes ago. Was the no last episode was the Halloween. Yeah. Yeah. Last episode. So I just love how they pulled that in. Yes. To it. And, and I, when you pull it back again, looking at Julie Bones' character, you can see her laying in bed. Yeah, not today. 
no, not, not today. I'm, I'm just out. And right. you're, I, you could literally swap them around. So uh, good job, Elizabeth Olson. You nailed it. Yep. And then we, uh, we caught up with the vision back, you know, inside uh, Westville, trying to figure out what's going on. And he runs into Darcy. Yeah, Darcy's in, but but she doesn't remember who she is. No, and it, it killed, and he finally got around to it. But the whole time I'm like, Vision, stop effing around. Just tap her head. Tap her forehead, but, but, Vision. But there's a reason why he wouldn't do that. What? Because that's intrusive. Oh, come and, on. And he, would, he, he wouldn't do it. But And he did in the right way. He waited until she was thrown. And by the way, Right for vision, we do got to talk about the the opening sequence. So the opening sequence was not Modern Family. Her part was, but it was The Office, and a lot of us out there love The Office and watch it. I swear, if you closed your eyes, it was almost the same music. It was so close and in the same vein. And then it comes up and it talks about Wanda, Wanda, and you see Wanda everywhere. And then the final episode, you know, the final uh, part on the opening credit, it says created by Wanda Maximoff. Yeah. Which was great. But did, did, did you pick anything else up from that? When it said created by Wanda Maximoff? Yeah. Notice it doesn't say anything about vision or no, his name else. just slides in. Yeah. Right. Right. And vision it, didn't it, create it. Wanda did. Right. He was like not even involved. At all with it. It was strictly Wanda. That one, I thought that was a really cool, interesting call. Yeah. No, that was uh, that was awesome. Um, let's see. The kids, of course, were fantastic in the episode again. I loved when the, the in this scene when the remote controls bounced around. You saw the old joystick. Oh, the Atari. <laughs> the Atari. Yeah. I saw that, and that's the one that hit home for me because that's the gaming console I had growing up. Was Atari twenty six hundred? Yep, that joystick with the little red button. <laughs> yep, and the kids are looking at it, and then it, it goes to like uh, it was like one of the Nintendos. Um, oh, it just ran. It, and it ran. Yep, and then it finally winds up where it's like he gets Uno cards. I yeah. just thought that yeah. was great, you know. And then the kids are just looking at it. And then the part I thought was kind of funny, so the kids are holding controllers, but Wanda's lost control right. of the controllers. Right. That's what I thought was pretty cool about – I mean, I like that. But just in general, when she was sitting around after the kids went over with Agnes, um, when Wanda was just sitting around in the house and even making her cereal and the things were changing back to the different time periods and stuff, and, you know, you're just left to wonder, is this her losing control or is it something else coming into play? Right. And notice, so she reaches for, I think it was almond milk to start with. Right. And then it changes to a carton of milk and she looks at it, pours it anyway. But then while she's pouring it, you notice it had like a picture of a kid. Yeah, it's it's a missing. missing kid. And I wonder, I was trying to look at that, but it wasn't in focus enough. But you would think it does mean something if you could decipher, you know, the picture better because there's no way. Like, I get that there is that time period where cartons of milk, they, that's where they put the missing children pictures and stuff. So I get the reference, but you would think with everything else you're doing in the show, it always alludes to something, that that would allude to something. But I just, I just couldn't figure it out. Yeah. Um it makes you wonder, is it just a reference for children in general, 
or does it mean something more? Because eventually, is it a foreshadowing to her children, which we'll get to in a little bit, right. or is it because there were no children in the city? Because remember, it was just her kids. Right. All of a sudden, Halloween episode comes, which we've talked about on our other podcast. Yeah. Boom. There's all the kids. But are some of those children going missing again because they're now fringe characters in her world? Um, so what what is the meaning behind that? It's got to have some type of meaning. I mean, it could relate to the end of the episode where her kids, you know, when she goes over to Agnes's house and she can't find her kids. Yeah. It could. I don't know. We'll get to the end of the episode because we got way more to go. Yeah, I, I thought it was really cool when she was in bed. We were talking about it. The covers get pulled about lacking. But I noticed something um, while we were while we were sitting there. She's laying there. You see the blanket gets pulled back. And the blanket and Vision's pillows, all the designs are in the shape of hexagons. Right. But it's a hexagon inside of a hexagon. Mm -hmm. So they're dual hexagons. So does that mean something? Is it like they're using hex powers inside of the city? Is there hidden meaning with dual hexes there? Could it be the spoiler, which we'll hit in a little bit, talking about the fact that there's two people with hex abilities in the city? But then Wanda's pillow is different. It is not the same pattern as everything else. Is it a my pillow? It it I, I you can't tell from the inside, but I, I'm willing to bet it is a my pillow because they're really comfortable. They are, and I know. And uh, instead of hexes, they almost look like the teardrops, but they're the teardrops that go around like you would see as a typical magic symbol. Right. Um. So it's just kind of funny. Hex, magic. But those were the pillows, so it was an interesting little detail that I picked up. Don't know. It was um, an interesting. Throw down a big word I learned, juxtaposition, shall we say? Yes. Yes. Uh, uh, Dodgecoin expert says this episode revealed a lot of lore drops. So we picked up because we just watched it. So uh, we didn't have time to watch it a second or third time. So we'll, we'll talk about some of the things we saw. Feel free to pop out anything that you saw in these scenes that we may have missed because we did not have a ton of time to sit there and do it. We just watched it. So pretty, pretty excited. Yeah. I, I've seen it once. I know Dennis has seen it once. So, yeah. Um, okay. So then after that, we, you know, well, we'll jump around um, talking about vision, uh, you know, meets up with Darcy, does the little brain thing to her. So she snaps back to the real reality. And uh, it was a funny little scene, you know, inside the circus. Uh, Darcy was an escape artist. I thought that was interesting. Because last episode, when she got absorbed, she was chained up to the front of the right. vehicle in chains. And right. all of a sudden, she's standing there in, in the chains. chains. And she's like, he goes, okay. Whoop, and the chains just fall off. Yeah. And I was like, that's just awesome. Yeah. I liked her hairstyle, too, in the episode. It yeah, was different from how she is in you know the real world. Yeah, I like her. Yeah, she's a, she's a good actress. Um, but I like you know they steal the truck from the circus, and I love how they're just catching all the red lights and stuff, and they make you know fun of it, and they realize that maybe it's Wanda trying to put up roadblocks. Right, and that was but my first thought. I don't think it is Wanda. I once we get to the end, I agree with you. Right. But while it was happening, 
Wanda doesn't want me to come home. Wanda's yeah, but see, that didn't even call. make sense to me because why wouldn't? She made the comment, well, because when the kids asked, where's dad? He'll come home if he wants to. And then I was like, hmm, and then all these things. So you're thinking maybe she doesn't really want him to come home right now until he's fixed himself. So anyway, when they really had some cute things, the guys would just show up in the middle of nowhere. Oh, my God, the guys to do the work. But the best was the walking, the, <laughs> the crossing guard. And just all these kids come out of nowhere. Yeah. So, but there was a little continuity issue with that I caught, which is you saw all the kids. You saw there was a really long line going off screen. And it looked but like then, they were, had a rope they were hanging out. Right. To. But then they cut to inside the truck shooting from like behind Darcy to focus on her and you can see out her window and the road's empty, which if the line of kids was that long, you would have seen some oh, of the kids. Oh, I didn't catch that. And that's just the continuity thing because yeah. when they have the camera set up, generally when filming, when they have a camera set up, they'll go through and film as much stuff as they can so they don't have to adjust the camera again. Right. So that just, you know, that ba so basically every camera setup you saw with the camera in that position, they shot all that stuff. And then when they did the camera setup from outside the truck, yeah. they shot all that stuff, you know? So the point is, you know, it's just a continuity thing yeah. where even in editing, somebody might've caught it. It just have been like, well, it's too late now. Yeah. It's just, you know, it's a small thing. It's like Game of Thrones having the Starbucks cup. You just miss things. That's, That's okay. You just missed that. That's okay. It was still effective. It was still funny. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So they he winds up getting fed up with all of this and he just turns into vision. Which that, that flies was another up thing. And goes right through it. But that was another thing I was telling Courtney. I'm like, what are they even stealing a truck for? Just pick her up and fly over there. Because that's not what you do in a city. They they're they're doing things normally like a normal person would do in something oh, like they would happen and you think the go. vision cares that much about what with everything that's going on but but notice but they have been following those guidelines throughout all the episodes except when he flies out of the truck <laughs> yes <laughs> and even last episode when he when he dropped his homemade costume and his real you know, right, costume, and then he flew up. But I did like the fact he goes, but you saw me last night, and he he recognized it was right. last night. Right, and, and and then she goes, no, dude, I don't want to go out with you. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> fine, yeah, yeah. but I'm ordering Fine. the lobster. I'm ordering the lobster, yeah. yeah. No, that was good. Um, I like that we got to see uh, Agent Wu, and um, another comment here. You know, at the intro where it kept saying Wanda, one of the frames said, I know what you're doing, Wanda. Oh, I don't remember that. Good catch. Yeah, I don't remember. I need to really watch these things more than once, but I don't. Did you remember that? No. Yeah, I don't remember that either. Good catch there. Yeah. See, that's why I type in. We, we will miss things, especially since we only saw it the, the, the one time so far. But anyhow, so. Um, you know, we got to see Wu and we got to see Monica again. And that's where, you know, they're driving to meet her friend. Which is what we thought was going to be the big reveal. Who's the friend? We talked last week. Is it Blue Marvel? Could it be Mr. Fantastic? Somebody with all of this oh, expertise. Come on. We know it was Mr. Fantastic. Ah, there, were, there were thoughts. Yeah. Maybe. I, I, you're right. Probably not. But it was going to be somebody, we thought. And then it wound up being 
a military person who I wasn't all that familiar with. And I was like, oh, okay. I mean, is she anybody? I, not to my knowledge. That's what I was going to say. It, I don't it, think it she's anybody either. Off as anything. I don't know if she's made up. Maybe she was from the comics, and it's one of those really obscure Easter eggs, research out there. But I, I that name does not ring a bell with me. But they bring out basically this really super cool rover for it because it's the most heavily armored rover. And I was like, oh, this is going to be cool. But e even when they said that, you know, it's like, oh, it's the most heavily armored rover, you know, for space, whatever. I'm just thinking to myself, yeah, well, guess where it's not going? Space. It's going to have to try to go through this hex shield thing. Right. So. I mean, I guess you got to try anything. Right. But you're telling me this thing's more armored. I mean, it didn't look like it's any more armored up than a freaking tank. Well, the, I was thinking of the M1A1 uh, Abrams. You know, I'm thinking, well, why would this be any better than just taking to the thing? Just Other than the fact that it's you don't want to take space. something that, well, and it's completely sealed systems and everything right. like that. And she even had the hoses hooked up. Yeah, that's true. So if, if something bad were to happen, she would be able to survive. But... It probably can hold pressure. It's if it's designed for right. all of that. Well, she put on a, a fucking full spacesuit, right. right? For God's sakes. So. so the rover was really cool, and it was yeah. a really cool sequence. It goes in, it hits it. <laughs> it oh, starts man. going, it starts up going on up there. And then she had, and then Monica, you know, they're telling her to get out, get out. So she escapes and she gets out. But when the rover finally makes it a little bit in, then it gets spit back out, and the front half of it was a was a van like, yeah like an old pickup like truck an old or van. Pickup trucker van yeah is that when they first when she got spit back out is that when they first showed her blue eyes too i think uh or was it when she was in the city no she was going she when she was emerging oh, when she emerged through that's yes. right monica you knew something was going to happen she goes through the force field again you know woo's like don't do it and she just pow, plows through it. And you see all the different visages of herself. She puts her hand through it and she starts getting bored. And we're like, well, this is it. This is what we've been waiting for. Yeah. Is it going to be transformed? Um, you know, they, they don't make any mention of a name or anything like that. But she gets no. through and she sees everything. And she yeah, can she's see seeing all the She's like, seeing power. Well, she was seeing kind of like. Um, but it's the ley lines. Right. She's well, seeing she, the she, magical ley lines right. when she gets through. Yeah. And so she's able to see things in different in different spectrums. Yeah. Hence one of her names, photon spectrum, whatever they may wind yeah. up calling her. Um, and her eyes were all or yeah. or you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, it's, she's just gonna be Captain Marvel. Well, no, they're, they're not gonna confuse not us with two Captain Marvels. They're no. just not gonna do no, they're, they're not, not gonna, gonna do it. They're not gonna go the Miss Marvel route because we already know there's another show. So I think it'll probably wind up being photon. photon in reference to her mother, which they hinted at earlier and I think first episode. Well the thing is, if they even give her a name. Right. And they you don't know? have I mean Scarlet Witch doesn't have a name. It's just Wanda. No, it's just we Wanda. know her Scarlet Witch. Right. So right. um I mean, Petro's never been called Quicksilver, I don't think. Yeah. So, no, no, no. So, he's, I mean, they don't, have to, yeah, they don't have to give her a name. But I will say, when she took her jacket off and stuff, the design of her shirt. Yes. Really, they, they tried to, they, they designed the shirt that Monica was wearing to, to have kind of a throwback to her superhero costume from the comics. Yes. In a way. Only so, it's got the sword. Right. Big it's circle the, on it. Right. Which... I thought it looked really good. Yeah, yeah. No, I thought it looked really cool, and I, I like that touch. Um, and then, you know, she goes and she she 
burst into Wanda's house. And, you know, Wanda immediately recognizes her. She's like, what the heck are you doing here? And Wanda uses her power on her and stuff just to realize, uh-oh, this girl's got some power now. She comes down in the typical superhero landing. And, he, and you're just like, oh, it looks like Iron Man sitting there. That's right. And she looks up and her eyes are blue. Yeah. And that's when you really see it. And then Wanda goes, whoa. Yeah, Wanda knows. She caught, she caught that and oh, she yeah. was like, whoa. And it gave her pause oh, yeah. for a minute going, what? That never happened before, especially when I knocked your ass all the way right. out. Right. And, and that's the thing. Wanda is, you know, most likely the most powerful uh, character there is as of now. But she doesn't know that. As, as of we, now. Right. But we know that. Right. She doesn't know that. So she she sees this person that has doesn't know what ability she has, but she just knows she has some now. Yes. So obviously it's going to take her back a step and be like, whoa, wait a second. What's this all about? Yeah. So I thought that was really cool. It was. But we you're, we're talking about powerful people. So and one of the things that 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 I picked up on was. Um, in the comic books, because they're they, you know, they talk about the kids, mm -hmm. and you know, you've got Speed and you got Wiccan, mm -hmm. and Wiccan not only is is very powerful in his own right, mm -hmm. but Doctor Strange makes a comment. So I don't remember if it was in his series or in which one it was, but he actually said that he pre predicted that Wiccan would probably become the most powerful character in the Marvel universe. Oh. Yes. And I was like, Wicked? Why? And I, you know, so I was sitting there going back then going, why? Especially when you're looking at Franklin Richards, you know, oh, somebody yeah. with Yeah, because like, Franklin's supposed to be really powerful. Right. And again, it's it's always the kids. But in the TV show, the kids, these are the first natural born children is what they're listing it as officially right, right. in the Marvel universe. So anyway, I, I'm going to wonder if you already seeing his powers show up only he's got the same powers as Wanda, but they're blue right. as we saw in last episode. So that's going to be pretty interesting to figure out, you know, are they going to develop him or is all of this whole thing a subterfuge to go get, the children and hence then the missing children because the kids are now missing after being an agathas but the thing oh wow we haven't even got there well, i was saying we need to hit that now but well the thing i was just say about the kids though or if everything is made up in this well not everything we know not everything's made up in westville because most of the people are actual residents that are just changed to you know fit that city and the houses are all real. Well, what about, the streets are What real. about the kids? Well, they, are the kids made up from just Wanda's hex powers, or are they kids from the city? If they're just right. made up, how can they even come into the real world? I don't know. Um, but yes, since he mentioned Agatha, we finally find out that Agnes, or no, yeah, it's Agnes, right? Agnes in the, yeah. is, is her name in the show. Uh, what do we got here? Uh, had the same powers as Wanda. That's a very good question. We're going to get to that. So, like, because yes. you brought up, so we find out that Agnes is Agatha Harkness. 
Right, which, which is which awesome. a lot of us have been saying. Yeah, I mean, a lot of us pretty much knew. You could even, I think, find on IMDb that actress, and it said. But point is, we kind of knew it. Now it's confirmed that it's Agatha Harkness. Um, and, you know, even though in the comics that character is an old bitty of a, of a character, that doesn't mean that she's not here because she has powers and she could be changing her look. They, they show her kind of like even an older Aunt May in the comics. Right. But the history of her, she goes, Agatha, uh, um, Agatha she goes back. She was born in like, if memory serves, like 11,000 B.C. So right. she is like this ancient right. uh, character in the Marvel Universe. And she lived in New Salem. You know, she was the nanny for the Fantastic yeah. Four for quite a while. And she was she was she was good. She wasn't always good to Wanda. Sometimes she was. She was a mentor, but other times she kind of screwed with her. Um, she wound up. The, she lived in New Salem. There was the group called the Salem Seven. They wound up uh, burning her at the stake because um, she she got killed off in the comics, and that's why she came to Wanda in the dreams. And this is all dealing with the with the children. So. Um, we don't know if there's going to be a direct continuity to what they are in the comics or if they're just changing her and turning her into a witch. Because in this episode, they had a couple of things that pointed to her being a witch. You saw her, when she first saw her abilities, what color were they? Purple. What color shirt was she wearing? Purple. Purple. All right. So they had that meshed. But remember the part in the uh, episode where she goes, let me take the kids. Your mom needs some time away. Right. And then she goes, okay, that's wonderful. And she goes, do you need anything? Well, yeah, I've got this mole that's been bothering yeah. me. And that I was, was like, weird. whoa, no, that's not weird. What's that? That was the foreshadowing that was she's a witch. So a typical thing in witchcraft, like, even in Dungeons and Dragons or fantasy stuff or anything dealing with witches, a sign of a witch is always a mole. So, really? yeah. So when she said that, I was like, oh, she's basically saying I'm a witch, which we thought, but without coming out and say it and notice it went right over Wanda's head. head. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Because so, you know, Wanda eventually, um, well, to get back, um, real quick, with the face-off between Wanda and Monica, that ends because Agnes comes over and basically, quote-unquote, rescues Wanda right, and, and takes her, you know, back to her house. Right. And that's when uh, Wanda sees a couple plates with eaten sandwiches on the table, and she asks, where's the kids? And uh, Agnes slash Agatha is like, oh, they must be downstairs. They're, they're down in the basement playing. So Wanda goes to investigate, and that's when that's when shit gets creepy. Right. And to kind of answer your question, uh, Dodge Queen, the my understanding is their powers are similar in terms of See, magic. So Wanda is what call hex power. So the problem is in the comic book, her hex powers are almost like probability manipulations, things like that. Right. It changes stuff where it, it's it's not quite pure 
it's not pure magic in terms of it's a, it's a different type of a, where Dr. Strange's is all about incantations. Right. Um, Chloe's is incantations. Agatha's was kind of a, I always thought it was more of a mixture of a hex-like ability with incantations that she could do book, uh, both. But it's actual spells because if you saw out there, there in, in one of the shots when down in her lair dungeon, yeah, there's the book. And yeah, I, that yeah. book, I think, is the dark hole. Now, I couldn't see it. It wasn't very clear. You know, it was on there. But when you saw the big book up there, that would be the dark hold, which if that's the case, then it's not just information about witchcraft. It's actually spells, which means she would be leaning more that's what towards I was the end of incantations. Right. That's what I was going to say. I thought, like, I didn't know the name of the book being dark hold, but I assumed it was uh, a book of spells. What makes me think she has the same powers is that she has is that she has the Pietro, not sure if that's how it's spelled, from X-Men, not MTU. Oh, that she brought Pietro into this, you know, basically into the city. I okay, mean, it could okay. be a spell, though. Well, she brought right. him in, but now here's the interesting thing. Pull up the Nexus picture. So, we'll, you know, this will lead right into something that I picked up on. We were kind of having a little discussion. Um uh, there's the big reveal of Agatha where she winds up being the big bad, which is what we're talking well, and about. Well, you get the sense that she's manipulating everything from behind the scenes from, right. from but this. They have a commercial in there that's for Nexus. And I couldn't find really good many good uh, uh, pictures of it. But the whole Nexus with them and the commercial was very cute. And it kind of lent some credence to some of the things we were talking about. So in the Marvel comic books, and this will relate into Agatha and Scarlet Witch, in the Marvel Universe, the Nexus, as it's described, is kind of like the central hub of the multiverse. Right. All right? So if we think about it like in DC, there's all these multiverses, and there's different characters, and things are different through all of them. And yet in the Nexus, there's one particular focal point where everything comes together right which is why i thought this is very interesting because now we're looking at you know the nexus but the nexus also has a dual meaning again if we're talking with magic in the world of magic there's a nexus which deals with the ley lines so ley lines are magical energy and when you saw monica rambeau when she's looking and you see all the weird symbols and the power going over like the power lines and right. stuff that could be ley lines in the traditional magical sense where you see lines that go from point a to point b and it transfers magic all right oh yes yeah, so ley lines are very important because the closer you get to a ley line so the stronger actually, your magic the other thing too is I'm trying to remember, so correct me if I'm wrong, but when, when Monica saw that stuff, so we were looking through Monica's eyes, basically, her point of view, were those lines more purple than red? Yes, but they were purple and, and red, red yeah. and blue. Right. So they were red, blue, and then purple, which now means you've got potentially Wanda red, right. Wiccan blue, and Agatha and purple. A yeah, Agatha Purple. So the color scheme may have something to do right. with the combination of those characters, and that's why they're portraying it that way in the show. 
The other interesting thing is Wanda is she is what I think is what they're going to call a keystone. So they make reference like the pipeline. No, it's not the Keystone XL. Well, that's going anywhere. It is. It is. This is the Keystone where, again, in the Marvel Universe, everything can change from the different multiverses. Right. But certain characters are Keystones. And we know in from the comics that Wanda is considered a Keystone, which means she is the same in every single universe. She's different. So oh, you just said she's the same in every single universe. She's different. So she's no, no, the same okay. in every she's thing? the same in every right. universe. And There's no difference in, right. in compared her. to say Captain America, who in this universe is different right. this way, and then this universe is different this way. Right. Right. And right. Wanda's the same. She is yeah. the keystone now, which is interesting because with her being a keystone, when she summoned Pietro, because he heard the calling. Is Agatha also a keystone, and how would she have access to the other multiverses and know it? Or did Wanda reach out and call for Pietro when she wanted him, and as she was doing it, Agatha used her ability? And then we see in the in the excerpt when Pietro shows it, and you see the clip. You see the purple. You yeah. see the purple that he's being manipulated by Agatha. So the question is, did Agatha call her or call Pietro? Or did Wanda and she manipulated it into it? So who has the power of the multiverse? Assuming that this is a multiverse Pietro. Well, the bigger question too is, for me, where did Agatha come from in the first place? Like if Wanda using her hex powers created all this stuff, you know, made the people think the way they they think inside the town and all that, was Agatha one of the people in the town already? Or did she come into it to push the manipulation? You know what I mean? Right. So there's a couple of possibilities. Point Possible one is Scarlet Witch came in, created the town. Anybody who was in the town was there. Agatha happened to be there. Eh, possible. It is possible. And then she got caught up in it and then said, ooh, I have an opportunity. More likely is did she – somehow cause Wanda, do some stuff and cause her to move right. in a direction. Almost cast a spell on Wanda right. to or, control her. Right. Or create such grief over Vision. Or right. did she leak out the information that Vision was being held and Hayward's actually a bad right. guy and it was held here and got And then we just it. need to see what the bigger picture is. Let's see. Uh, Monica Rambeau is still in the hex. So do you think that she's going to meet up with the vision and Darcy. Oh yeah. Yes. Yeah, I definitely do. I think um, one, if I, I don't know if this is a, I don't know if this has been proven true, but apparently the last two episodes are an hour long instead of like 30, 35 minutes. Has that been confirmed or is that just a rumor? Cause Courtney told me that I think you mentioned it when I mentioned it to you. Yes. I have heard that the last so there's two things I've heard. The last two episodes are an hour long. We're probably not going to see any more TV shows. This is all going to be hard-hitting real oh, life. Thank God. And, uh, well, and it makes sense because they've already wrapped. You know, Correct. They, they've got the current, basically, with the TV. Stuff. Right. And, and, and they're, hitting the, they're hitting up the part. Um, 
And the other thing that I've heard, and it's take it with a grain of salt, is that there's something really, really big that could potentially happen at the end, and that there is a 10th episode that is not listed on IMDb or anything out there. And this last final episode has been hidden from everywhere. And once these last two are done, that's where everything's going to take place that's going to then roll into potentially Doctor Strange. So I heard that there's this man, mystical well, there, tenth okay. episode. Well, and uh, Paul Bettany, the actor that plays the Vision, confirmed that Evan Peters, the guy that plays Quicksilver, wasn't the big mystery uh, character that's coming on to the show. So like when he first appeared, we were all like, oh my God, that's the big surprise. But apparently he's not. Apparently there's still a mystery character, which is funny because when uh, Elizabeth Olsen said that to keep Evan Peters like secret from everybody, even when he was on set, he would step out of like a van one location with the hood and stuff on. And then it wasn't until it was literally time to film that he would take the jacket yeah. and hood off and stuff yep. to keep it a secret. But apparently there's still another secret character that they haven't even shown yet. So. Which, which then begs the question is Agatha, the big bad reveal, or is she just also a pawn from a bigger bad, which we're waiting to find out. Mephisto has we we've talked about Mephisto in the past. I'm thinking that's becoming less likely. Yeah, I just it's potentially it. nightmare. I don't I see mean, that either. I just don't think he's a big enough character from the books. But I don't know Who, who's a big I mean, nightmare. That, a big character, but yeah, no, you're right. I mean, Agatha was never really considered a big character in outlook. So yeah, so yeah. we'll we'll find out. We'll find out. Uh, I don't think Agatha's making Wanda do it. I think Agatha's just want making Wanda angry with her powers. And that is a distinct possibility. That is a distinct possibility. Yeah, I mean, that's true. Because she, could, she be. could just be manipulating her emotions so that she would create it. Um, you I mean, know. That's, the, that's the key question is if Agatha is the one controlling all this stuff, what, what is the motivation for her? Correct. What is her end game? Right. Uh -huh. See that? I did. I did. What is her Infinity War endgame? See, that doesn't work. But what is her endgame works? But it's true. What is Agatha's endgame of all this? Like, because she has to have one. It can't be just, oh, we're just Assuming sort of she's the big bad. Right. I still think it's, it could be Nightmare on Mephisto, somebody coming in there, and then we're just going to go, con. That's why I wore my shirt today. Oh, look yep. at you. Yeah, I don't know. But anyway, um, but you know she's not good. Because they do reveal, I killed. She killed Sparky. I know what a bit. And then you're like, oh my god, it really was. Because she was like, oh, look what I killed. She killed the dog, which that means is, you're bad. Oh, you killed a dog. You were bad. Yeah. That is that is, you know, like when you see real life serial killers and the neighbors are interviewing them and stuff, you see clips where it's like, oh, he was a good neighbor, blah blah blah. Well, he killed thirty people. Yeah, misunderstood. And a dog. He killed a dog? Right. I mean, people get more upset over that than the 30 people yes. that that serial killer killed. Yes. So, yeah, you don't, you don't mess with dogs. So we know she's not good, but who's pulling the strings? That's what we ultimately need to find out. Those are the 
questions that we have guesses to, you have guesses, we do, everybody does. We'll find out next week. We'll find out more. And then we'll discuss it then. We will. So moving on, we're going to review a couple comics that uh, Dennis picked up. And uh, after he read them, he let me borrow them to read. And I said, sure, I'll borrow these. And I did too. So first up is this garbage book. Garbage. Uh, Obviously, Andy and I did not see eye to eye on this one. Devil's Dominion. Now... Is this, is this the same guy that drew the inside that did the cover? So, yeah. So, it was written by Brian Hawkins, illustrated by Raphael Forte. So, it is the same artist. Uh, yeah. And um, uh, it was colored by uh, Carolina Pointis and Justin Birch did the letters. Um, the premise is there's a girl named uh, Devlin. She sold her soul to the devil, but she managed to get it back. But she kept her demon form and ability. Now she can sense other demons and she uses this power to track them down because she's got a demon within her and it's a constant struggle to maintain control over it. Something tells me the devil is not happy with this. So that's kind of the premise going into reading it. And I was like, that is an interesting premise. That sounds pretty cool. Now the question is, can you can you pull it off? Um, no. No, they can. I will let you go first with your negative <laughs> opinions. <laughs> okay, so um, you know, I've always said I make no bones about it. I'm intrigued more by art than anything else, but we do want to review other books that aren't from the big two. So, you know, even though this isn't something I would normally pick up, you know, I'll give it a shot, obviously, for the show. So I do like the cover. I thought the cover looked pretty good. Actually, my friend Moose Bauman colored the cover. The interiors, uh, I apparently, I don't know any of this for a fact, but I'm guessing, you know, Moose was too expensive to cut to uh, for them to afford for the interiors, because this is drawn by the same guy that drew the insides. I do like the cover. Uh, I'm not a big fan of the coloring on the inside of it. I'm not a big fan. This page isn't too bad in regard to the page layout. Well, uh, what did you think of the design of the of, of her? I mean, as what, a character person, as then as, oh, no, as as the person, I thought. She, I mean, she's fine. Wait, what about the devil? Uh, that's where these creatures. Like, is this her? Yeah, yeah. See, this is just weird because, and this is a storytelling problem I had. So you got the you got this truck ripping out of here because they're trying to get away. This picks up in the story. This isn't page one. So this truck's ripping out of here. They're left in the house. This dude, who's a human, tried to stop the driver of the truck. She, I don't know what she's saying here. I can't remember. But the basic gist is you go from this panel to this panel where she jumps out in this demon form. And I'm sorry, but this is bad storytelling. There, there needs to be, I feel, a panel in between showing her transformation from this human into this you need a transformative panel i do because i'm sorry this is just bad storytelling this just confused the crap out of me you know because i was like whoa where'd this come from you know and yeah there should be just just one panel to set it up because once you set it up in the book showing that transformation for the first time after that 
because there's a couple more pa- a couple more pages in this book where she goes back and forth from human to demon and, and so on. So you show it the first time where she's transforming, then you don't have to show it again. But you set it up the first time. I get what you're saying. So the reader goes, oh, she transforms into this. Got it. And then and then, like, let's say two pages later, you see this and it's not jarring because you saw before. Oh, she transforms into this. So it's like the Hulk to original Hulk TV show where you saw him kind of transform the very first time. And then many of the other times you see his eyes go green and that's all the far. Right. You see his eyes go green. Then the next shot, he's busting out. He's busting down a wall and he's Lou Ferrigno. I get your point. Yeah. Um, This coloring is just I, I couldn't. It's just so dark and saturated. That it was it was very hard for me to read, you know. And he just busted out of, or she just busted out of his house. She's coming down the street. What's what are, what's going on back here with these eyes and stuff? Are these eyes? What are these? I don't know. Well, no, they're not because they're over top. Like it's I guess it's a color effect. I don't know. And that's the problem. I shouldn't have that question when you're reading a story. You shouldn't. Everything should be clear enough to where you shouldn't stop and pause because you're lost within the story. And now there's one thing if you're reading a mystery that, you know, like a mystery novel or, you know, a comic book, Watchmen. Watchmen was a mystery when it came down to it in certain aspects. I was never lost, though. All right. You know, I, I see your point. So the artwork just was distracting to me. We get to hear. Oops. And this is the dude that she's chasing, right? Yeah. Yeah. I don't believe there was ever a transformation panel of this guy, the human, changing into this demon. So once again, I'm just like, what the, what's going on? And then this guy's panel layouts, and so far the, this page isn't as bad, but I don't I like inset panels when they're done right. And what I mean by that is. This inset panel would work better with a white gutter than instead of this black because everything just kind of runs together and it doesn't separate as well. And that's just bad design. So, you know, I, I think the thing is Dennis and I are just coming from it from two different standpoints, educated and Dennis. Um, it's true. <laughs> uh, I, I just no. like things or don't like things. No. I, like this, this page, I don't know. I, I just didn't like the story that much either. You know, it wasn't my cup of tea. Um, and I'm not all just about the superheroes because the other book we're going to review after this, we both enjoyed and it's not a superhero book. Well then, then I'll give you my take on it. Cause right. I enjoyed it. Um, Devil's know. Dominion to me, again, I, it's the, the, the premise of it is what struck me. Because I even said when we said we were going to review this, this book's either going to intrigue me when after I read the first one, Satan. or it's going to be awful and I'm not going to want to touch it again. Because you like say no, just the the premise. Now the the other thing is, this book could either just be a very interesting story, or it could go total woke, and you couldn't tell by the description right which direction they were going to hold. So, but I like the premise. It had a Ghost Rider, uh, Hellstrom vibe to it, you know, because she's granted, she's got these demonic powers granted to her by hell, and she's basically going after to save other people's lives 
who were in the same predicament also to take away their powers granted by hell. One of the interesting things you find out is she just doesn't like kill the person. She saves them by taking the sin and the reason why they got it in the first place and absorbing it into herself and making it, she absorbs it and, and basically takes on the punishment for that person as well. Right. I think that is just a really cool and interesting premise. Um, Ghostwriter did. No. In a way, you know, he had the uh, where you know the, well, the penance stare, right, and right. stuff, which made you sit there and look at it. Okay, she's right. physically right. observant. Andy, you got all these sins. You're a devil. I'm removing your sins and making you potentially good again, right? And absorbing it, and I'm just gonna, I'm never gonna be good. I'm going to hell for eternity, and I know this, right? All right, I could use somebody like that. I know we all could. No. The first issue kind of serves as an intro to the story basics, and it's a very basic story. Um, the writer, he kind of lays out the rules of his of the universe because we're always used to Marvel and DC and the rules that they use it up. But he's setting up the rules, so it's a very basic rule set. We don't get a whole lot of information about the main character, her. Um, we get teased a little bit about it. But we don't really know the reason for her existence yet as a person or in in her demon form. We just get, they allude to it a little bit about what it is. All she says is she had her reasons for doing whatever she did to become a devil. But we really don't have any clue as to what those reasons are now. And, and it's the first issue, so I, I'm not totally upset about that. But it appears to be, just from this, a monster of the month like cereal. You know, kind of like Supernatural or Charmed, if you ever watch those shows, where every week it was somebody new and they're going to go do it. Or like maybe Electra Woman and Dinah Girl, if you want to put it, where it was always some new power that they got and they hooked up to it. Um, I've got a vibe that it's going to be something like that, and and that's okay. Um so the, the story is very basic, but at the very end, it's really cool when in we don't have the panel for it. I don't want to spoil it, but it was a really cool final panel. Hell's not happy with the fact that she's doing this. And it was, to me, a really good looking panel. And it intrigued me enough where I wanted to see what's going to happen. So in my view, I like the book. I didn't love it. I like the artwork. I didn't mind the artwork. I thought it was well. It was decently drawn, um, and I get Andy's point, and and I don't disagree with what he's saying. I Andy got pulled out of the story. I did not um, for it, and and that's one of the things with me when I when I read comics. Part of the being a comic book creator myself, drawing comics for a living, it's it's difficult to read them with a total unobjectivity, I guess that's the right way of yes. saying it. Yeah. Because I'm, you know, the, the good part when I buy a comic for four bucks, you know, people say four bucks for 20 minutes of entertainment. Cause you know, that's how it takes them to read a comic, whatever. But for me, it's actually four bucks for about an hour and change. Not because I'm a slow reader as some people would lead you to believe, <laughs> but because I really poured over it and I really pour over the artwork and look at everything and really try to take it all in. 
So while I'm doing that, I can get pulled out of the story easier when I see something that I don't think works as well storytelling wise. I don't think uh, the I don't I don't think the artwork was was awful by any means, um, and I like certain I like certain aspects of it. I did not like the coloring that much. Uh, I think the coloring with some art direction could have been better. Uh, I don't think the colorist should be, you know, kicked to the curb and never given a job again. That's ridiculous. I just think that the coloring could have used some editorial art direction in regards to uh, how they approached specific things, um, aspects of the project. Same with the storytelling. You know, if I got pages in after reading the script, and I don't know what the script looked like that the writer or the artist got from the writer, but you know, if there were no transformation panels in the script, as the editor, I might have contacted the writer and said, "Hey, just to help people understand this, let's get a couple transformation panels in here." You know, and and you know, I would have I would have done it little more editor editorial uh, work on it. Uh, and then, you know, just story-wise in general, I mean, the concept sounded cool. That's why I read it. And, you know, because we want to do these reviews. It just wasn't my cup of tea. Well, let's give it the CGC grade that we, we always do. You can go first. Yeah, CGC grade is on a scale of uh, 0 to 10, kind of like the CGC grading system for comic books. So, I mean, look, everything I said, you'll probably think I'm going to go lower, but I'll give it a 6.5. Oh, I totally didn't think you were going there. Yeah, wow. well, because I can try, I want to try to be objective as well from the standpoint of what would somebody else that isn't going to tear it apart like All right. me think. I was actually going, I'm going 7.0. Oh, so and, you're not that and, far apart. And, and I thought it was good. And, um, you know, I, I thought it was fine, you know, fine plus, um, very fine minus. You know, it intrigued me. I, I said I liked the art. I, I the, the cover is what pulled me in. The premise of the story pulled me in. Um, and to me, it didn't do a lot of, there wasn't a lot of detractions. I just didn't think I got quite enough. But it did enough for me where I already put it on my pull list because I want to see how the next couple of issues go. I, I think it's got potential, and I think it's got potential to be a really interesting story. Um, so I definitely am going to get, you know, two and three just to see where the direction that they go and give it a chance. I, I enjoyed it. Glad I picked it up. Um, yeah. And then let's move on to Maniac of New York, number one, uh, by Aftershock Comics. Dun, 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 dun. Yep. You can explain this one. Story we'll was about. by Elliot uh, Kalen. Um, Andrea Moody did the art. And uh, Shauner says Estes. the page of art looks great to me. Like I said, you know, we want to move on to this one. But like I said, you know, I think the biggest issue I had was with the coloring. But, you know, we gave it our scores. But, it, you know, teach their own. If you like it, if you like what Dennis had to say about the story, go out and buy it. Some of us liked Wonder Woman 84. Some of us didn't. Yeah. It's just the way it is. And that's Some of fine. us love Green Lantern because we know it's awesome. And yep. some of us have no taste in movies. Well, for half the movie anyway. Oh. oh. So the premise behind uh, Maniac is th this is kind of cool. This kind of intrigued both of us. Um, the, the premise behind it is uh, Maniac Harry is inhuman, unkillable, and unstoppable. 
which is why the authority solution has been to ignore him and let New Yorkers adapt to a world where death can strike at any moment. When Maniac Harry starts killing wait, wait. his way through the how's, how's that system, different from current New York? Right, after the videos we just watched today, I it's mean, pretty much the same thing. Death can strike at any moment in New yes. York from what I've seen. When Maniac Harry starts killing his way through the subway system, uh -oh. uh, trauma-haunted political aid, I have no idea what you just did. No, I got it. Uh, aid Gina Green and disgraced NYPD detective Zelda Pettibone become determined to go rogue and destroy him. But how can they fight a monster when they can't even fight City Hall? That's right. You know what? Sounds like a, a interesting slasher book with a little bit of taste. Maybe a hint of purge to it. Um, yeah. Uh, I'll let you kind of kick off uh, uh, off your feelings. Um, so I was, you know, when Dennis first got this and brought it over on, on our, when we do our new books on Wednesday, Stuff We Buy, uh, I saw the cover and I was immediately intrigued. Uh, one, because I, I like the style of it. Let me blow this up some. I like this. I like the style. So the artist, Andrea Moody, I'm sure I'm screwing that up. Uh, he's doing everything. So he's doing the coloring and everything. So I like the watercolor feel of this. And, you know, with the way computers, with the advent of the computer programs like Photoshop and Clip Studio and there's other programs out there. I honestly don't know if this is hand painted or if this is done on a computer. Either way. I think it's a really cool style. I like the watercolor look of it. Uh, Story-wise, I was intrigued immediately because I like serial killer, killer type stuff when it comes to novels and movies. So in comic book form, I'm there. I, I thought it was really intriguing how it started off with basically Times Square, New Year's, and this dude's running around with this cool ass looking knife because i mean it's not just a machete i mean look at these points it has on it and stuff and you know you get to the double page spread where i think if i remember right he took out like 79 people yeah i, I think, think that's what it's 79 or 84 or 79 i think you're I think right it was for that 70, first time 79 people first time this new year's eve when you think about it too in the middle of Times square at yeah. new year's eve with all those people so packed in yes and you're using a knife, so it's silent. You probably could mow through that crowd. Yeah, you know that's the that's the weird thing to think about is you probably could mow through a crowd and get a. I don't know if you could get up to seventy nine before you're taken out, but if but, you're somehow immortal and they can't be killed, well, that's true. obviously you can be. Yeah. So, so you know the story moves on. You meet the you meet the lead uh, detective. Her name's Jennifer. Is she a detective or just a cop? Well, she's, she's cop, she gets, yeah, Jennifer, she becomes the head of a task force. That's right. So they've now created a task force um, for Maniac Harry. And you're thinking, ooh, a task force. You know, but, we're thinking like Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> and you get in there. It's a joke. And, and it's this tiny little room with a desk with not even a phone. And they're like, there you go. And she's like. For when am I getting my office? Well, that that is your office. Oh, and this is present day. So it's not right. only it's not only that there's no phone. I don't think there was a computer in the room. It was literally just a desk with like a blank wall in front of it 
Right. And she expected, like you said, she expected to walk in and see other cops because it's a task force. And she's but like, it's just her. I have an idea. When are we going to meet with the mayor? And they're like, the mayor? <laughs> what? She's like, what's right. so funny? Everybody they thought she was up. joking. Yeah, because it's been four years or five years now. And everybody's just given up on this freak. And just like Dennis said. Just resign yeah. the fact that oh, you might get killed by this. It, guy. it looks like if any of you watch the IT crowd, um, which is one of the funniest comedies, um, it's on Netflix, uh, where they're in the basement and you know they literally have nothing. Nobody knows who they are. They could care less about the IT uh, people. It looks like something from the IT crowd. They're they're just in the middle of nowhere. Nothing works, and, and that's just the feeling that you get. It's it is it's just pretty funny. Um, but you start finding out that she's taking this very seriously, right? Where everybody else thinks that's a dead end job. It's a joke. You don't have a task force. The task force is you, right? You are the task force. She's like, what, how do we not have a task force? Well, you're it. And they, they've given up on it and she's got this huge drive and you're trying to understand the reason behind it. And you know, what's her motivation? Feels like Galaxy Quest. What's your motivation for this character? And it winds up being, you know, it, something's happened into her past that's deeply affected her. So she's gung ho. She wants to take him down. And if she has to do it on her own, she's going to. Yep. So she winds up getting hooked up with Zelda, which is a, a New York a NYPD detective who really wants nothing to do with yeah. this. Well, because she knows she's just she even she thinks it's a joke. It, but she was just like her, you find out in the, a, beginning. in the beginning, and there's nothing you can do. You're fighting City Hall, right. and she wants nothing to do with it. You finally get a picture of of him from there, and he kind of reminds me of kind of a mix between Jason Voorhees and Michael Myers from like Halloween. Right. I mean, his the, the look of him is just really cool. And you're kind of picturing this of a guy walking through it. Well, they've got this new subway system that they're doing, which doesn't require any driver. So it's an automated brand new subway that they're putting into it. As soon as you hear them talking about that, you're like, well, how can this that, go wrong? That, that, yeah, that, that's the perfect place. We know he's going to show up. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. There he is. Yeah. That, I mean, it's just it's just a really cool, um, you know, you'd kind of know what's going to happen. But all this whole background is set on this train being deployed. Um, it's just like a really good target. So it's nothing. It's a straightforward slasher kind of book. But it was really well done. Now, Andy really likes it. The artwork, this is where we'll differ a little bit. This type of artwork normally is not my cup of tea. Watercolors with this kind of, of color. And when I first looked at it, I went, oh, I don't know if I can do it. But you know what? After reading it, the artwork fits with the it way they're telling this very right. well. It complements it. I, I mean, I will say... And we don't have pages as examples for what I'm about to say, but there are there are a couple panels and a couple scenes where he got a little loosey goosey. I mean, you can tell the guy's artwork is is loose and he's doing a lot with the watercolor or the coloring that he's doing, which is good because one thing I respect highly about this is 
he he did the whole ball of wax, you know. So you could say pencil, ink, and color. However you want to break it down, he did it all. So he has a specific vision for the book. And what you see came right out of the artist's mind. So, you know, he's definitely playing it loose. Like sometimes he'll just do an outline and in ink and then fill the rest with, with some color rendering. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it doesn't. Um, some of the backgrounds get a little loose in areas where I'm kind of lost at where I'm at because of how loose it is. Uh, once again, I think that was intentional on the artist's part, but I never lost track of the story like I did with uh, Devil's Dominion. Um, I like the ending of this. And, and, you know, like Dennis said, as soon as they set up this new automated train where there's, you know, no conductor and all that stuff, and they're, they're basically taking it out for its first run, you kind of know how the first issue is going to end. But it still ends on a cliffhanger where you're kind of like, oh, crap, you know, how do, how do they get out of this? And that's, you know, that's like any good episodic TV show that ends with that to be continued. It always ends with the, well, oh, crap, how do they get out of this? So, you know, I'll be back for issue two to see where it goes. I thought it was pretty good. This is a yeah. miniseries, isn't it? Uh, I, I didn't, I did not see it as a miniseries, um, and it didn't show through the previews that way. Hmm. So I've got it set. Well, I guess we'll find out. Give it your rating. Oh, I'll go, uh, a solid eight. Yeah. I'll go an eight on this because I think the artwork complements the story really well. And, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, I could see this. I could see this as a movie. I could see it as a, a limited series, you know, hour long episode limited series on Netflix or, you know, like, you know, a two hour movie. So, so I'm on board with it. Oh, I'm also giving it an 8.0. Um, I thought it was, like I said, if this were a superhero book and I saw the art, I probably would have said no and just turned it back in. Nope. Just put it back. Up yeah, I wouldn't have. A superhero book in this style, this particular style, but uh, wouldn't do much for. But it. after reading it, I, and the compliment is is the right word. They they meld together very well with one another. I I enjoyed it. I'm not usually much of a of a like a police detective type of story for reading. Like in a book, I, you know, I don't mind watching them, but for reading, it's just not my cup of tea. This did. This held my interest. I thought the storytelling was solid. Um, I thought the characters were believable. I enjoyed just about everything about it. And I really did like the artwork in, in the exact style that, that mirrored very well with it. So 8.0, um, I'm keeping this on my pull list too for now. Hopefully it, gets, it keeps getting better. So yeah, another solid book. Nice. All right, guys, that is our show. Thank you for joining us once again. We will be back Monday night at 8 o'clock doing an interview with legendary comic book artist Art Taber. So please join us. If you don't know who Art Taber is, you can Google him. No. He, uh, he started in the 80s. He started gaining steam in the late 80s, early 90s, inking Superman over Dan Jurgens. Then he moved over to the X-Men office at Marvel, doing a lot of X work. He actually, he's also a, uh, even though the bulk of his work, I think, is inking, he's done a lot of penciling. He, he did cable 
over at Marvel in the early 90s. He was part of Extreme Studios. Uh, you name a book, Art's probably worked on it. He's a great guy. He's a good friend. So we're going to be doing an interview with him Monday night at 8 p.m. So join us for that. You can find us on Facebook, Dennis and Andy Show, YouTube. Please like, subscribe, share. That way hit you get the, notifications. That's right. Hit the little bell at the little corner down there, notifications button, so you know when we go live. And uh, we'll see you guys on Monday and hope you all have a nice weekend. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye, guys.